Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I think I say that at the beginning of every podcast, though, so just get get used to it. Lindsay loves talking fitness. That's that's all you need to know. Anything fitness, any question, I just love it. So I'm going to be excited to show up here and ramble on to you guys. Um, Okay, the question is, can I lose fat and build muscle at the same time? This is often called body recall. The short answer to this is yes, it is possible. A little bit more complex answer would be uh, it depends though. And I think that that's a, a more accurate one. It depends. And, and a better question would be, is it optimal for me? And I, that, that is the key. That's the key, guys. In fitness, I cannot tell you my number one role as a coach, I swear, you would think my number one role is to write nutrition plans, write programming, and that does play a part. But I would have to say it, it, it really is managing expectations. Managing expectations as a coach is huge with my clients. Because we, we all have been inundated with these crazy, you know, before and after pictures, three months before and after pictures where somebody appeared to have lost all body fat and gained all, you know, muscle mass at the same time. And so uh, I want to be like them. Well, if you haven't listened to my last podcast on genetics, I would strongly encourage you to actually pause this one and listen to that and then come back to this one because I think you're going to get more out of this podcast by understanding more of genetics, okay? It's going to be huge for you. I, I can't tell you how many messages that I got after I uh, published that podcast. Women just being like, my mind was blown. I always knew, quote unquote, knew our bodies were different and that genetics played a role. I had no clue the depth. And so there is a lot of misunderstanding on that subject. So I really would strongly encourage you to listen to that one. But let's go through this. Body recomp. So losing body fat, gaining muscle at the same time is often called body recomp. But just so you know, there's oftentimes that phrase is used in different ways. So sometimes it's used, yes, I got into a steep calorie deficit and I lost body fat and I gained muscle at the same time. And then sometimes people are saying, I'm going to stay at maintenance and I'm going to try to gain muscle and maybe around there lose body fat at the same time. Um, Or sometimes people are referring to body recomp and they're actually referring to long periods of time. So sometimes you'll see a before and after picture and it's like two to three years and they say, look at this body recomp. And then they go on to explain, or maybe they don't, but pretty much what had happened between those two to three years was they spent times in calorie deficits, dropping body fat, focusing on dropping body fat and maintaining muscle during that time. And then they would go into builds. So they would drop that body fat and be like, huh, no, the body fat's come off, but man, my, I don't have those fit arms that I thought I would. That, that one girl on Instagram who posted her before and after picture, she, you know, after three, six months, she had these incredible fit arms. Why, why don't I look like them? Once again, listen to that genetics podcast. It's really good. But 
Okay, so you don't have genetically the muscle tissue that that other person did. And so now you've got to go through periods of time where you build, you go into a build, a calorie surplus. And yes, you will put on body fat during this time. Calm the frick down. Body fat is not evil. It is not bad. And frankly, women need to stop attaching their worth to body fat. They need to stop this insanity of their body can't fluctuate at all. And if it does, then they freak out and they're at the lowest of lows because they had a baby and they put on weight during that. And and no, they were magically supposed to build a, a human being and then look like a, a model five hours after. I mean, guys, I'm serious when I say my job really is as a coach to manage expectations. People have the most insane expectations. And there's a few of you out there who are probably feeling little pricks of guilt because this is resonating. Your expectations are insane. You you can't even allow yourself to have a period where extra water weight comes on because no, 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 my body's not allowed to change and, and change is bad. I can't put on water weight. Heaven forbid my hormones change. I, I have an uptake in water weight. My weight goes up and now my value as a person is somehow less. There's a lot to unpack with that one. First off, your value as an individual is what you contribute to society, yourself, and the people around you. That is where, that is where your value comes from. Are you, are, guys, I, I could go off on that one. I, I'll get off my soapbox on that one, but we'll stick to the, you know, the, to fitness today. But man, ugh, I'm like wanting to step off my soapbox, but at the same time, I want to stay here and just be like, it, fitness is actually about embracing and allowing fluctuation of your body. And I would strongly suggest that if you cannot allow your body to fluctuate without losing your mind or somehow your value going down because you're getting pregnant, because you're on your period, Oh my gosh, because you're taking creatine, that one kills me. Well, weight is different than body fat, first off. And do you know what? You're right. If taking creatine and seeing the scale move up three pounds is going to cause you to lose your crap, then I'm going to be very direct with you. Fitness is not for you. And you should probably spend a good amount of time finding out who you are and where your value and worth as an individual comes from first, get your mind in order, and then step into fitness. Because too many people step into fitness thinking, I've got to lose five pounds. Because my self-worth as an individual is dependent on these five pounds. Guys, I know women who are about to step up on stage for a bikini competition. They hardly have any body fat on them. They have incredible bodies 
and all they can do is pick themselves apart. If you think that your self-worth is going to magnify because you've lost that five pounds, then you are fooling yourself because it's not going to. Now, are there people who in the fitness journey, their self-worth increases? Yes. But, but don't get confused because you're thinking correlation is causation. You're thinking that because they lost the five pounds, because they have the six pack or whatever it may be, that that's, that's what gave them the self-worth. Correlation is not causation. And the six pack, the five pounds, the whatever is a byproduct of what happened on the inside. And what happened on the inside is that person learned to make and keep promises to themselves. They decided one day that they're actually worth it, that they're worth taking care of. They're worth pausing and saying, do you know what? I give and give and give to people around me. I need to give a little bit to myself too. I need to take better care of myself. I need to feel strong. I need to feel like I'm a strong person, that I can do hard things. So whether you're learning a language, whether you're running a marathon and you cross that marathon line and, and you're excited, you did something hard, you made a promise to yourself saying, I'm going to do something hard, you kept it, that is where the change happened. The, the crossing the finish line actually wasn't it. That was a byproduct. The, the dropping the five pounds wasn't it. It was the byproduct of you saying, I'm going to do something hard and I'm going to hold myself accountable to it. And your insides changed. So see, this is why people, they lose the weight. When they don't understand this, when they don't get it, they'll lose weight, they'll feel better. But really the feeling better came from, I made a commitment, I followed through, I kept promises to myself, my integrity with myself actually increased. But when they don't get that, and when they think the byproduct is what made them happy, then what happens is they think, oh, I lost that five pounds or whatever, insert whatever. I lost it. If, if I lose five more, then I'll be even more happy. If I lose five, and then they lose that five more, but they're not more happy. You see, there is a point of diminishing returns. Okay? So there is... And that point is very, very, very important to understand and to spot because there comes a point where the restriction of the, the restriction that is required to get the additional five pounds isn't actually going to bring you more joy. That restriction is going to diminish the joy because the effort is too much. I really want you to pause and think about that, guys. Are you chasing something that is requiring so much restriction that at this point, it's actually diminishing your overall joy? So look, I'm a huge fan of goals. I'm a huge fan of goal setting. I'm a huge fan of, I think this process of body recomp, of dropping body fat, of building muscle, I think the process is fun and it's exciting. Do you know why? Why? because it challenges me. 
It helps me step into my higher self. But I want to ask you, does it help you step into your higher self? Or, or maybe is, do you not enjoy this process? Or maybe you haven't found out how to healthily enjoy it yet. If, if you cannot handle the fluctuation of your weight, then this process may not be for you. Okay? Health is for everybody. Health is for everybody. Everybody should strive to be their strongest physical self. They should challenge their physical self. They should eat healthy. But fitness, where we're trying to get a certain look, I actually do not believe it is healthy for everybody because not everybody's mind can handle it. I do really enjoy taking women through builds. Builds are where you intentionally go into a calorie surplus to put on muscle and your body fat goes up. Now, in in relation to muscle, we always want more muscle than body fat, but body fat does go up. Anybody who's seen my, you know, build pictures, I like doing before and after pictures and then having my build picture in between so you can see, oh, Lindsay's waist went up like three inches. I had a muffin top. I had to buy different jeans during that build period to build more muscle. And do you know what? Do you know what I didn't do? Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of being up three you know, inches in my waist. I, I, it, sometimes it was uncomfortable. But I didn't sit there and stare at myself in the mirror and be, oh, Lindsay, you just let yourself go. You're so fat. You're so that No, it's just part of the process. My body can fluctuate. Guys, embrace the fluctuation. It's okay. It's okay that you get pregnant and your body fluctuates. When women come to me and are like, you know, I really, I, uh, what can I, I just found out I'm pregnant. What can I do? Uh, you can enjoy the next nine months. That's what you can do. And maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm coming at it from a different place because I spent years and years struggling with infertility. But I'm just like, whoa, are you kidding me? Your body is about to freaking build a human, a human. Do you know how amazing that is? Having a six-pack or being your leanest self during your pregnancy is nothing compared to the fact that you are freaking building a human. So get out of your head and enjoy the process. Oh my goodness, enjoy it. Like life is incredible. It's amazing. And you are going to miss out on this amazing moment because you're so fixated on your weight during your pregnancy. I, I get it. Be healthy. Be strong. But but don't diminish the joy of what you're really doing in the in the moment because you're so fixated on this. Uh, I can't, I can't get fat. I can't let my body fluctuate. I can't see even a little bit of fluff. Guys, stop. Sorry, this was not the tangent I had planned for today. But sometimes I just really, as a coach, I really worry about the mindsets that come to me. I really, really worry about it. I want people to love fitness as much as I do. 
but I'm, but I also understand that not everybody's mind is the same. Not everybody's mind is meant to be the same. Not everybody's journey in life is meant to be the same. And your journey may just be, you find joy in health. And that stepping into this fitness world of letting your body fluctuate, of going through builds and cuts and, and all of that, like that just might not be for you. And that's okay. That's okay. Because your mental health is more important than anything else. And I think you should guard it. Okay. Wow. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Uh, Let's go back to body recomp. What is it? (laughs) I don't even remember where I left off. Okay. So let's just dive into this. Is this possible? Yes, it is possible. Who is it the most possible for? Getting it, and when, when I say body recomp, I mean getting into a calorie deficit, seeing body fat come off, seeing muscle mass come on at the same exact time. Who is it most possible for? Newbies. Newbies. Your first year doing real hypertrophy work. And yes, I did choose my words wisely real hypertrophy work. Because just walking into the gym and touching weights is not the same as real hypertrophy work. Real hypertrophy work is progressive overload. It's for four to six period having the same program and you're going in, you're progressing in your lifts, you're really trying to push your strength. It's not just burning out every muscle every single day. It's not you do three sets of 12 reps and in between those reps, you're doing jumping jacks and bouncy, bouncy stuff. That's not hypertrophy. Okay. That's really important to understand. So hypertrophy is where we see the most muscle growth. And so that's where we want to spend majority of our time. So if somebody has been going into the gym and spending like four to five years doing like classes, and I'm not bashing classes. I work with a lot of Uh, A lot of um, instructors actually come to me saying, I teach these classes. I want to look like I'm teaching these classes. Help me change my body. So I'm not saying these classes are bad. I'm just saying that they don't give everybody the look that they want. Once again, listen to the genetics podcast that I put out last week. And you'll understand that a little bit more. But anyway, so newbies, when they, so somebody could be, I've had people come to me and I've had trainers come to me and say, or instructors and say, okay, I need to look the part now. I don't look like I'm fit, but I really want to because I'm standing in front of these classes and I really want to look the part. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to actually start doing hypertrophy work. So they are technically not newbies in the gym, but they are newbies to hypertrophy work. And so they can typically see some really good progress getting into a calorie deficit and then building muscle at the same time. Intermediate and advanced lifters. Okay. So this, this now becomes a little bit more tricky. Why does it become more tricky? Well, because the biological processes that burn fat or build muscle actually compete with one another. Think about it this way. I love explaining it this way. Um, because this is what I see happen a lot. People go into the gym for the first year they do some weights, they get into a calorie deficit, they see these changes that they want to, their body responds relatively well, 
And then they spend the next two to three years going to the gym, kind of running around in circles, wondering why their body isn't continuing to change. So I like explaining it this way. Think about building a house. Now, it's not just good enough to buy a lot and go to the lot and run around in circles. And I'm working, I'm working. But but your body, like you have nothing to work with. You don't have supplies. Okay. So a lot of times intermediate and advanced lifters will go to the gym, quote unquote, go to the lot. They'll go to the gym. They'll work hard. They're running around, but they're still trying to stay super lean. And so because of that, they are staying lean, but they're not building more muscle because there gets a point where it's like, okay, the body's like, I need supplies in order to build the muscle. So if we can't just go to a lot, run around. We can't just go to the gym, run around and do whatever, and just expect our body to continue to progress and change. The body does need a certain amount of supplies. And at first, when you're a newbie, just getting in and moving is enough for the body to respond. But if you stay in these calorie deficits, especially really low ones, your body starts making these alterations to make sure that it can survive. And one thing that it does is it's not going to send its its supplies over to build muscle. At this point, it's going to preserve those supplies just to keep the body functioning well. Okay, so that's oftentimes what I see with a lot of these intermediate and advanced lifters. They fixate on, I have to stay super lean, but yet they're like, I still want to build muscle, but I can do it at the same time. Uh, You have to be careful. You have to be smarter if you're an intermediate and advanced and you want to somehow lose body fat and build at the same time. You actually have to be a lot smarter in your approach. So nutrition needs to be really on point. So we can't, if you're an advanced, intermediate, you can't be in these low, you know, negative five, 600 calorie deficits from maintenance. You you should be at more of like sitting around maybe 250 that seems like to be a good spot. So sit around 250 and and that way your body is in a slight calorie deficit, but can still, if, if our training is smart and our recovery is smart, then we can still get some of that muscle being built. So nutrition, we can't be in those steep calorie deficits. A very, very moderate, small one, 250 would be a good place. Um, So we do have to stay there. Some people want to stay in maintenance and try for body recomp. And that's not a bad approach, guys. I think that that can work really well, actually. Now, we do have to be careful with how quickly we think we can get the results, though. Okay? So if you are in a calorie deficit, if you are in maintenance, don't be thinking you're going to be packing on two plus pounds of muscle every month. Okay. So actually for intermediate advanced, getting one pound of muscle a month 
you'd be ecstatic over that. So if you're not in a calorie surplus, though, if you're staying around maintenance or in a calorie deficit, you're going to have to accept the fact that building muscle is going to take a lot longer for you. So that's where I'm, you know, here as a coach saying you got to, you got to really be mindful of your expectations. You got to manage them really well. If you're going to do this body recomp approach of staying at maintenance or slight calorie deficit, then you've got to manage your expectations. You're not going to see massive changes in three to six months. We're looking at over years, you're going to see changes. Okay. So be smart about that. I actually would say limit alcohol. You know, if you're going to go for this body recomp approach, then limit alcohol. Alcohol disrupts protein synthesis. And, and it also inhibits other signals to build protein. So if you're going to try for this body recomp, then you've you got to limit that. Now, training for those that are choosing this body recomp approach, training has to be a lot smarter. Don't be going in six, seven times a week, guys. Your body is not going to be able to recover. And recovery is crucial to building muscle. I cannot emphasize that enough. Okay. We go into the gym, we stimulate the muscle. We go home, we recover and build. In recovery is actually where you, your muscle builds. So training smart is going to be key for this. Train smart. Four times a week lifting, doing smart hypertrophy work, and you should be able to get some good gains. So that is going to be really important. You have to track your lifts. Pay close attention to volume and intensity that you're doing. Okay. So be, and, and you need to be far pickier about the exercises you're doing. Don't just go in and be like, well, so-and-so posted this, this fun exercise where they're, you know, doing three movements at once. No, not, not in, not when you have goals. Okay. And we need to train. That's okay for working out. You go into the gym and do whatever your heart desires. But when you have a goal, when you say you want body recomp, a little bit of body fat loss and muscle at the same time, then you better be picky about the exercises that you're choosing. Do not waste time with this junk volume weird exercises, frog pumps, bands around your knees for every movement type stuff, you need to make sure that you're sticking to the more effective exercises, not just the fun ones, okay? So you need to spend time choosing your exercises wisely. That means you do what you do best. If you want to build your glutes but you suck at squatting, then we need to swap that squat with another exercise that does relatively the same thing and you can get greater output and get greater work done. Okay, so let's say you suck at squats, but you're really good at a leg press. Well, the leg press is going to load the squat in a lengthened mid-range position, just similar to the squat. So maybe that's where you're going to get your gains, okay? So that's really important to understand. Intensity has to be on point. I actually believe that this is where women suffer the most. 
This is why they're not seeing the gains that they want to. They know how to push themselves cardiovascularly and feeling the quote-unquote burn. They love that. But taking a muscle to muscular failure and then not falling into the trap of lowering the weights and burning the muscle out after that, that is so hard for women. It is so hard. They can't just, okay, hit muscular failure, walk away, walk to the next. No, it's like, no, I have to drop the weights though and burn out. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you are trying for body recomp, we've got to be smart. And if you have been lifting weights for a while now in hypertrophy work, we've got to be a lot smarter about this approach, okay? So when I post me hitting like muscular failure, women are always writing me saying, huh, I now see that I actually don't push myself far enough. Some women write in saying, well, aren't you scared to hurt yourself? Well, obviously choose the exercise wisely, right? I'm not going to push myself to the same amount of fatigue in a squat as I'm going to in a leg press. You see, leg presses, I'm going to push myself further because it's safer to fail there. If I fail, then the plate kind of comes down. I look awkward as I try to like squirm out of the machine, but I'm not going to hurt myself because it catches. There's a safety that it will catch on. If you really want to see your delts grow, your biceps grow, guys, you're not going to hurt yourself taking a lateral raise to fit. What's going to happen? You drop the weights, it lands on the ground. Like that's, that's it. So there, obviously we have to be smart in what exercises we take to fatigue. A lot of compound movements, we need to be careful. Maybe leave one to two reps in reserve for those and then push into fatigue more with machines where you can have your, in a more stable position, you can actually get greater output on the desired muscle because of that stability. And you can be in a safe position for when you do hit failure. So I actually think a lot of gains are left on the table because uh, women don't know how to really push themselves in the gym. So research is mixed on this, on this failure subject too. I think that that's is something that has come up a lot lately. There was a new piece of research done saying that you don't need to spend as much time to failure. But what I think is funny about this is that you have to understand a lot of people do this. They, they, they hear of a new research and they're like, oh, that's the answer. And they ignore all other research done on the subject. So they're like, oh, everybody on Instagram is talking about how you don't need to go to failure. Okay, I won't. Well, they failed to mention another research that was published, and I have both of those on my Instagram account, where they actually said most people don't even near failure anyways. So one piece of research is saying, stay away from failure to see gains. The other research is saying, uh, most people don't even, even come close to failure. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so we have this problem. And then we have another bit of research coming out saying, oh, women actually do need to land closer to failure than men to see equal gains. So there's all of this research kind of coming out, combating each other a little bit. So we need to be smart about how we incorporate this. So if you are lifting four times a week, doing body recomp, that's your focus. Four times a week, really smart because you can recover really well from that. And you can push yourself to that failure 
and still recover really well. What's happening is people are trying to push their failure limits six, seven days a week. They're not recovering very well. But if they would just train smart, just train four times a week, push themselves to failure, they can train smart with less time in the gym and more results. Okay, so that's actually why in my programming, in my app, I only have people training four times a week. Because we can get the desired results with optimal training in four times a week. And as a mother and a busy business owner, I want life balance as much as I can. Four times a week. When the training is optimal, you can kill it four times a week. Okay? So... Another thing that needs to be on point when we're trying to do body recomp and, you know, we're a newbie or intermediate or advanced, we really do have to prioritize recovery. So I've talked about this a little bit as far as, you know, training four times a week is is a sweet spot for body recomp. It really, really is. But there's other things that are important too. Sleep is huge. And I feel like in the society that we live in today, it is so overlooked and everybody wants to stay up late watching Netflix because they're like, oh, I need to relax. So I'm going to watch TV before I go to bed and it can kind of affect our sleep. But not only that, it can get in the way of more hours of sleep. And to be honest, guys, I want you to think about this. You want what you, you're turning towards these shows because you want, you want to relax and you want rest, but do they really offer that? I've kind of had to face that a lot lately as I've kind of been working through some pretty intense things in my life and, and I'm trying to find what real rest and recovery is and what it's not. I used to think sitting down for a TV show is real rest, but I actually found out that For me, it actually doesn't rejuvenate me as I thought. And so I just kind of want to throw that out to you. Maybe choose a different activity that can actually uh, be more of rest for you. And I don't know what that's going to look like for you, but maybe there's something else out there that's better than TV to be used for rest and recovery. And if your TV usage is getting in the way of your sleep, that's going to be huge. Stress management. Um, And this one really requires a podcast of its own. Stress management is huge. I'm going to encourage a few things. Meditation is a huge one. There's been some great research coming out, just learning how to breathe through things. And then limit your screen time and your social media use. It's very interesting how these small screens are actually inducing shallow breathing patterns. And shallow breathing patterns can actually tighten the upper neck and induce cortisol releases. So spend less time on your phone, less time on social media, more time being present. Meditation, prayer, those are huge. Another piece of recovery I would actually say is making sure that you're getting your micronutrients. A lot of people focus on macros, macronutrients. Don't ignore micronutrients too. The whole if it fits your macros approach 
where anything goes as long as it fits your macros. And then I look at my clients, my fitness pal diaries, and I'm just like, yeah, the macros were hit, but with such junk food. I'm okay with treats. I'm okay, but but we got to get this 80-20 approach down. 80% whole foods, 20% fun foods. Not 80% fun foods and 20% whole foods. We need to make sure we're swapping that, okay? So that's going to be huge. So just a recap for this body recomp discussion. Is it possible? Yes. It is going to work best for newbies. They're going to see the most changes the first year doing body recomp approach. It is possible for intermediate and advanced lifters as well, but they have to be so much smarter in their approach. One, they have to understand that uh, it is going to take longer for them. Two, they are going to have to be better with nutrition. Have it really be on point. Oh, I did forget to talk about this. Nutritional timing may need to be more on point for these individuals. And what I mean by that is we need to wisely space out our protein to make sure that we're getting an adequate, um, you know, I, I look at protein synthesis as kind of like turning this light switch on and we want to turn it on brightly, right? So we don't want to just nibble on 10, 15 grams of protein throughout the day because that's not going to get a really good signal, high signal of protein synthesis. Usually 25 grams plus is. So for those who are intermediate and advanced when we're trying to get nutrition, nutritional timing on point, I would actually say start with that protein and make sure that you're spacing it out, you know, two plus hours and that you're getting at least 25 grams of protein every time you eat. So a lot of times with my newbie clients, they're just trying to hit the overall daily protein. And I'm okay with that. That is going to work for them. So getting 15 grams here, 10 grams here, 20, like that, it, it is overall going to still work for them. As you become an intermediate and advanced lifter and you're trying to do body recomp, you're trying to sit closer to maintenance and, and see more muscle growth, then let's fine tune that protein a little bit and make sure we're spacing it out wisely. And when we do get protein, it's going to be enough protein to get a high signal of protein synthesis. Okay. So very simple way to, to do that would be when you do eat protein, it's 25 grams plus, and you're spacing protein out well throughout the day. You're not just like 60 grams of protein in the morning, maybe an hour later getting an, a protein bar of 15 grams, and then three hours later getting another 15 grams. And no, let's space it out a little bit more. Once again, for newbies, don't stress about that. Intermediate and advanced, you probably want to think about that as you're trying to do body recall. So nutrition is important for you guys. Training smart is important for everybody, especially for intermediate and advanced. Make sure intermediate and advanced that your intensity levels are enough to really induce hypertrophy. So take things to failure. You've got to work hard and smart in the gym if you're trying to get everything. If you're trying to get fat loss plus muscle building, 
you've got to be smarter in all of these areas and also smarter in recovery. So I kind of laid on a a crazy tangent on you guys at the beginning, but hopefully you've been able to hear what you need to in this in this podcast. I was talking to somebody about my podcast and they were saying, how do you make sure that you are speaking to your whole audience and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is when I write down notes for podcasts or when I decide to do a podcast, I actually am thinking about the one. I do. I think to myself, there's, there's one person who needs to hear this message today. I hope that they hear it. So maybe there was somebody today listening who needed, maybe came to this podcast thinking, yeah, I want to learn about body recomp. But what they really needed to hear was that they needed to embrace the fluctuations of their body and that their body is a beautiful gift from God and that their life is a beautiful gift from God. And if they fixate on just aesthetics, that they're going to miss out on the joys of life. We need to allow fluctuations in our body. There are going to be times, guys, when we are leaner and we love it and it feels so good and we just are very proud of our hard work and how lean we are. And then there are going to be other times in life when for whatever reason we put on extra weight and that's okay. That's okay. It didn't mean that you lost your progress. It didn't mean you lost anything other than our bodies fluctuate. And right now, mine's fluctuating on the higher end. And I'm going to still have fun in the gym. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to gain strength. And do you know what? I'm probably, while I'm sitting at the higher end, I'm probably gaining a lot of muscle. And you know, next year, I can cut again. I know what it takes to drop the body fat. And that's okay. I'll cut again. I'll be leaner. It'll be fun. But allow your body to fluctuate. Women's bodies, I've said this a million times, women's bodies are actually meant to fluctuate. And a lot of times we induce a lot of stress on ourselves because we don't accept that. So learning to accept those fluctuations of life, there are going to be times when we're at our leanest and we look awesome and we're loving it. And there are going to be times when our life doesn't allow for that. And that's also okay. Okay. Because you are so much more than your body. A lot of you are mothers. And I can tell you that when your children stand up at your funeral, if all they can say is my mom was constantly chasing the five pounds that she wanted to lose, or my mom looked really good in a swimsuit. She never played with me in the pool, but she looked really good in the swimsuit sitting on, you know, basking in the sun. Oh man, guys, is that what you want? I don't think so. I think you want to go into the world and you want to make a difference in people's lives. And doing so will bring so much joy into your own and allowing your body to fluctuate. You can have these goals and allowing your bodies to fluctuate and still be part of your family's lives. That's what we want. Extremes are easy. Balance is hard. And balance includes embracing those fluctuations. 
So I hope that this podcast, that somebody has gotten something from that and that it's helped them start making steps towards mental, emotional healing with body image and with what they really want out of life. And then I hope those of you who came to learn about body recomp know that you need to manage your expectations, that if you're trying to do everything at once, it is going to usually take a little bit longer. It's actually why I choose not to do body recomp. I don't want to do everything at once. I usually like choosing a goal and going for it. My current goal is maintenance. And if I happen to get a little bit of muscle during this maintenance, great, great. I'll probably go into another build come fall. But right now I'm just kind of focusing on maintaining, eating mindfully, enjoying my lifts in the gym. And that's that's okay. Sometimes people think that maintenance is a bad place because you have to have a goal to work for. No, no, no. Maintenance oftentimes is where we enjoy life the most. Okay. So keep that in mind. Thank you so much for joining me on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions or any podcast ideas, shoot me a DM at Lifting Lindsay on Instagram. If you are interested in optimizing your training, go to liftinglindsay.com, sign up for the training app. Let me help you get the most out of your gym time. Have a wonderful week.